0: Hello, I'm Chris Moon, a fellow artist manager, and I will be your guide through Tough Love, Adventures in Artist Management. In this episode, we chat with Michelle Flashley. Michelle has crossed paths with a handful of our previous guests, and I really enjoyed the opportunity to connect with her here. Michelle currently owns Like Management, working with Tenacious D and Karen O of the Ya Ya Ya's, among others. Throughout her history, she's worked with an array of amazing talent, including Bad Religion, Rage Against the Machine, Sonic Youth, and Beck, to name a few. We cover a lot of that history, but we also touch on her interest in creating unique, memorable moments with artists, such as Rage's pop-up performance at the Democratic National Convention in 2000 to Beck's song reader book, a collection of songs only available in sheet music form. Lots to learn from our discussion with Michelle, so let's begin.
1: Hi, I'm uh, Michelle Fleischley. I I am um, the owner of uh, like management and I manage uh, Tenacious B, Karen O, The Black Lips, Sad Girl, Hermanas Gutierrez. I don't know, several. <laughs> so yeah,
0: small. you got your hands full. <laughs> well, thank you so always. much for taking the time to chat. <laughs> yeah, sure. I really for appreciate it. Me. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, just to kind of get us going here, and uh, mm-hmm. always, it's always nice to kind of get a point of view in uh, a bit of history, um, yeah, let's dive into that straight away. So what was your kind of first entry point that kind of pulled you into the music industry?
1: Well, I would say I was always, you know, s- super curious and uh, I am lucky in that I'm related to um, Stephen Baker, who was the president of Warner Brothers Records in the, oh, yeah. in the heyday. Yeah, he's the best. And I was like, I am gonna he'll give me a job. And he was like, you know, kind of like, no, you got to go do it yourself. And I was like, Okay, and So I kind of <laughs> heeded the word and, and, uh, and, and worked, uh, worked at my, you know, college record store. And uh, that was at UCSD. And it was crazy because uh larry weintraub worked i worked for him robbie lloyd oh. who i i mean i worked with everybody i mean mark Iger went there but i wasn't i was definitely after that his time oh, okay. but uh you know just kind of worked at the warehouse like you know worked, worked just took record store jobs but uh my big really what i what i got super excited about and i was really obsessed when I, in college was the, it's the Gary Shandling show. And I got an opportunity to interview with Gary for Larry Sanders show. Oh, wow. And so I worked there. Yeah. I worked on that show for the first two seasons with like, like unbelievable talent. And, uh, and I just wanted to book music. On the show. <laughs> I would get the script and be like, can we book an app? You know? So, and and I, it was you know obviously I mean not everybody probably knows but it was such an amazing show and and mm-hmm. just we would get all sorts of calls and I didn't know what anybody really did other than you know outside of like the record store and then people that would come in and like you know give you eight by tens to put up and <laughs> um, right so I didn't really like know the whole landscape and uh, I just called somebody back and uh, said look I mean. I don't know that any of your artists are going to get on here, but if you ever have a spot, um, I'd love to work in this business. And um, it was this it was this guy, Danny Heaps, that I spoke with. And he um, was like, yeah, my assistant's going on maternity leave. Come on in. It's like really busy. It was He was managing Soul Asylum at the time that was, you know, runaway yeah. train just like exploded and just got thrown in there um he was he was managing steve earl at the time and and uh victoria williams and it was a company called addis wexler it was just like a it's like it was a perfect it was a dream it was a dream because wow. uh the company the company managed talent you know, i worked it was like like rick yorn who's a big manager
0: mm-hmm. talent
1: manager now pete Yorn's old, old you know i guess yeah older brother they managed actors and then nick wexler on the other side had produced like you know drugstore cowboy and just sex flies and videotaped wow. and then there's a the music department and and i just was like yes like this is ev- like this is it i and so i just thought like i'm gonna be there forever and and we were uh yeah soul asylum was you know i'm t- touring and That was just insane. And the Donnie Einer, I mean, I had no, just thrown in, you know, like a (laughs) huge hit and uh, um, no idea what I was doing. Even the the tour manager who like called me and said, you don't know what you're doing, do you? I was like, and his name's Bill, Bill Sullivan, legendary tour manager, you know, with the replacements. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but he's like, but you're like working your butt off and like, you want to learn. So like, I'm going to help you out and he he was he like you know kind of showed me the ropes <laughs> I'm mean, like the days of like you know calling somebody backstage to find them to get somebody added to the guest list yeah just when they arrive, I mean just like all the craziness of that and um yeah I mean Victoria Williams you know had um it was right, you know, before she signed to Atlantic Records, and uh, you know, kind of started Sweet Relief around mm-hmm. then, which I yeah. was—I mean, an incredible thing. And, and then that tribute album, and I mean, I just had like an amazing, like life was super sweet. And then uh, uh, we had an opportunity to start to manage Bad Religion, and uh, started working with them, like you know they were they were playing in irvine and like green day was opening for them it was like recipe for hate tour and i was like so excited and then then gotta be a part of like that situation where it was like recipe for hate kind of like upstream to atlantic and then we did Mm -hmm. Stranger Than fiction i mean it was just a crazy it was just like a crazy time and and um just working, yeah. Just being, you know, Butch Vig worked with Soul Asylum and and Andy Wallace, like mixed the Bad Religion. I mean, it's just like wow. gore- yeah. I, just an just an insane situation, and and Victoria just made a beautiful. Yeah, you know, it was just it was awesome. So, um, I was pretty pretty much that's it. And then uh, Danny got a call to uh, be the head of marketing at RCA Records. And he's, and he's a New Yorker and he's like, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> what happens? So, uh, wow. he's like, you got to come out here. You know, you got to come to New York. I'm a LA girl. I'm a fourth mm-hmm. generation LA, oh, okay. LA wow. girl. So, uh, yeah, goes deep. Um, so it was a little like, and I like my family and I mm-hmm. went to UCSD. I kind of kept it, you know, Southern Cal. Um, yeah, but, uh, he was like, you know, you got to come out here and uh, and work with me. And I uh, went out to New York and uh, just kind of coming from a small, co- you know, s- smallish company it was, you know, twenty people, but smallish company to like RCA sure. Records, New York City. It was a little
0: overwhelming, but uh, so what day one. What year would that have been roughly?
1: That was ninety-five.
0: Okay, so that would have been end of ninety-five. Yeah, that would have been like pre Dave Matthews, pre RCA. Oh, it was Dave Matthews. Was it right at that time? Yeah. Dave
1: Matthews. Oh, yeah. I remember it well because we were in a, it was Bob Jamison was the president. Jack Rovner was the GM. But it it was, you know, it was kind of good because I needed, I kind of needed that like understanding. I mean, I kind of had it and I kind of faked my way. Like, Atlanta, you know, I, I mean, I, I just was so lucky. Like I worked with such awesome, awesome people. I mean, all the Atlantic people, I knew them so well because Victoria's record came out there and Bad Religion's right. record was there. So it was just like, I mean, to this day and uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so 95, I show up there and I take a, a day of meetings and I was like, I can't do this. And I just remember like calling my mom on the phone, crying mm. like a thought. I can't move to New York, blah, blah, blah. And Danny said, just come back tomorrow. You know, we'll introduce you to some other people. And I walked into my future husband's office basically. Oh, wow. And, uh, he was like, you know, had, a just, just the office was just filled with just all the stuff, you know, every, all the, <laughs> just all the stuff that I liked. And was like, he's like, do you want to go see this garage rock band? I was like, Yes. And I think, uh, my mom, I you mean, know, I probably didn't call her and that was basically it. Um, wow. <laughs> just like eight months later, I think we were engaged. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a short lived run because I'd been doing so many things and, uh, I guess you know, I, Danny was like, Oh, you know, I just didn't think it all through. I guess I was just his assistant, but I was like, but I've been doing so many other things. I don't really necessarily want to answer your phone. So I was kind of doing tour marketing and it was short lived. It's too big. I, that was company. Mm. I mean, some, you know, I just wasn't, it was hard. It was, you know, it was like, yes, Dave Matthews record came out like the week after Hootie. And then I, I like hum had had a record come out that I, you know, loved. And then that are other records coming out and they were on tour. And I just, you know, I get, I kind of get it now. You can't, take care of literally everything that's happening at all times but like coming from artist management you're kind of like how do you not (laughs) so um i left um i would say probably four four months (laughs) maybe even less i don't know it was short oh and uh and uh (laughs) and bad religion um had briefly worked with elliot roberts um rip but um but he, um, they, they, the yeah. Bad Religion guys uh, hired me back on, and uh, kind of ran my own little outfit for a while, and then Danny kind of came back around to management after leaving RCA, and I was kind of back where I started, but in New York, and then uh, yeah, was managing this band called Gaunt out of um, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, they had like a alternative tentacles mm. record and a thrill jockey record. And then it was like Warner Brothers, you know, wanted to sign them and Bruce McGuire was the AR guy out of you know, Minnesota. I don't know. And uh, I flew out to I flew out to LA and got a call at the same time from Rick Yorn, who was starting a new management company with the guy from CAA I don't know it was called, the company was called AMG and I was like awesome maybe I can pivot back to LA and uh went and mm-hmm. came out to take some meetings at Warner Brothers which was really bizarre and crazy because so many people in that building at the time were from Ohio and Gaunt was from Ohio and it was like Tom Beery Grover had like the, the, the Gaunt first seven inch I was like maybe, maybe this will work, you know, maybe, wow. may, you know, yeah, there was, there was like, yeah, sign, a sign. like oh, Peter Rao was their marketing <laughs> guy. He was the Ohio guy. So I was like, this could be, this could be awesome, you know, but, um, yeah. anyway, but, and then I, yeah, I went and met with uh, the AMG folk and just couldn't do it, you know, just couldn't do it. And I was kind of, uh, kind of bummed. Mm. And then, uh, I got, um, Peter Rao called me and said, "You know, John John Silva is looking for a day to day manager for Rage Against the Machine." I was like, "Yes." And cut to like several years back, Danny Heaps had taken a meeting with Beck, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, you know, "Yeah, we should definitely manage Beck," you know. And then when I found out that John Silva was yeah. managing Beck, I was like, <laughs> "John Silva." <laughs> so he, you know, I met with, went, met with uh, John and Gary Gersh and, uh, got to move back to LA, uh, to June, 2000 and, and started working with Rage.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is a whole crazy story. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, going back to the Yeah, going back to the start, I mean, you got to be one of the few people to get a a job in the music industry after working on a television show, kind of booking, but not really, and then working your way in that way. I mean, what an initiation um, and just a series of really great, well, music aside, but just great opportunities and and great people, you know, um, taking care of you and, and looking out for you and... I think you know so much about management is you know mm-hmm. learning on the fly anyway, and uh, then also just being and surrounding yourself with a combination of I guess mentors and um, and peers. You know, I mean, I know I, I I faked my way through so much, and and I learned pretty early on. Yeah. It's good to be humble sometimes mm-hmm. and admit what you don't know, and show a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of uh, naivete in, in certain situations just to see if, you know, if people reciprocate and want to want to share their knowledge and, and, and help pull you along. And uh, yeah, because then that begins to snowball after time. Um, so you found your way back to, to L.A. working yeah. with Rage yeah. in, in 2000. Uh, where, did you feel like you were finding your feet then at that point and feeling pretty confident?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, it was uh, interesting... To kind of have seen all sorts of sides and kind of come back feeling like I've done, you know, now I've done this like once or twice and uh, it was it was good to be home and, and I needed New York, you know, it was just, I needed it so bad. Mm-hmm. I needed to go down Avenue A and go to like 10 shows a night and, you know, not drive, you know, do the LA like. Where are we meeting? Okay, there's right. ten car, you know, whatever that kind of thing. It was just so great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. my ex-husband was the last act. He's the la- he's not a performer, but he was the last act um, at Brownies. <laughs> he closed it down. Yeah, he did this oh, show wow. called The Revolutionaire, and studio. I mean, it was just like every that was you know Avenue A, and and I mean, you know, you you talked to John Strom but you know like Franz on this band the mysteries of life which was free to love's band with with jake smith and Mm -hmm. Lake babe i mean just there was just so much i mean just so much like just amazing amazing human beings and music just being in that community then you know i guess it's like Mm. (laughs) pre-strokes i left like right before that happened right right it was it was it was i needed it i didn't know that i needed it and i needed it and uh So then coming back, you know, coming back and kind of working with, yeah, Gary and John who had all these, you know, insane histories and, and, and I, you know, was so happy that Mm -hmm. I got to work like next to the Beastie Boys, (laughs) like I grew up on, I mean, I was like a very big part of my, my, uh, you know, teen years, I guess, or you know, mid teen years, Um, but like just to, just you know to be in and being like the essence of the nirvana you know nirvana and all of it so i i was like this is, this is great it was kind of funny because my first day uh showing up to work and i'm all like yeah you know the, the, I'm, I'm home and i drive up to the office and they they were they were <laughs> part of like there was like the, the den digital entertainment network if you remember that it was like the, the future <laughs> Oh yeah. so
0: Mm-hmm. I pull up,
1: and there's, like, armed arm guards yeah. outside of the office. And I was like, wait, I'm supposed to come to work here? Oh. And they're like, uh, no, you're not. I'm like, what? I'm all, like, high on my <laughs> – like, so excited. And I go around. I find a – maybe I had a fu- cell phone. But I, yeah, went somewhere and called uh, Silva's assistant. I was like – um there's like armed guards outside the building. And they were like, Oh yeah, no, no, we're in the back building. <laughs> they, they seized all the assets in the front. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. I had like a, I was like, did I miss something? Like a, a check the ad, you know, I was tri- tripping yeah. out. So <laughs> yeah, it was super, I mean, it was, yeah, it was great. It was like, um, yeah, rage at a very, you know, interesting time in their career. um, Kind of the last record, I guess. Um And yeah, at, at, yeah, you know, sitting in the crowd when Timmy, you know, at the MTV Awards, like walked over everybody and got stood up on stage and got arrested. And I'm there, like, oh my god, I have to go get. Him. I mean, it's just you know. I,
0: wow.
1: I like <laughs> yeah. We were yeah we were you know we they played the Olympic Auditorium was like the the last show and and uh, I think we were think we uh maybe got, maybe got let go <laughs> we we're pulling up um by facts you know yeah um
0: oh wow yeah oh, but geez. it was it was <laughs> uh, yeah but
1: but i you know i i like they uh we got to infiltrate the democratic national convention here um and the rage played and yeah. I, I figured that out and i, I was super proud of myself because i was like they want to play but I, we, we, you know, we worked it through the permits and we just, it was like a pop. It was, it was, it was, it was, I mean, one of my, you know, in my brain, like any creative endeavor that somebody wants to do, I will, find, mm-hmm. it seems like I will find a way. So, and it was, it was awesome. So, um, yeah, then.
0: Yeah. That's a tall order to try to pull that off. Yeah. I would imagine with the permits and all Yeah. That. No, it was, so, it was
1: to, through the, um, the, uh the the people in the parking lot they were allowed to get permits to you know give out you know pamphlets and flyers and info and you know um not that they necessarily were protesters but they were like out there so we we piled on through their permit (laughs) just infiltrated and uh yeah oh we did not get a permit for a live musical performance but it it happened (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) um yeah. Yeah. But um.
0: I have that record on vinyl. When they pressed it on vinyl for record store day a few years ago, that was it was one of the ones I it picked was, up. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a, a fun memory from afar. But yeah, that's quite a an impressive. Yeah, feat. it was pretty
1: cool. Um, and uh, after that, oh, then then I thought, yeah, okay, well, we're I'm, I have I don't have a day to day job. For, I don't have a client right now um yeah and so i think you know my, my best friend from kindergarten was like uh you know was music supervising for you know shows and uh hmm. i called her because i was like i better like figure out how to stay here because i need i needed to stay there and um started going to all sorts of music supervisor events and things and started just Going direct to people and people you know, some publishers weren't too happy about that, but you know, some days you're like, but I know our band's repertoire sometimes better than you know, we have a smaller so it was kind of fun just to start making those relationships and John was like, This girl's, you know, she's gonna make herself handy. And um started working with Jim, you know, Jimmy Eat World. And then uh, Hmm. Started working with uh Tenacious D and it was just again, like I'm sitting there, you know, with I don't know. I think even with even with Gary, Shan, like just any I just like it. I like artists, you know, any 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 mm-hmm. any walk of life I guess, you know, I just I love I love being around them and I like listening and, and uh solving for X or something. I don't know. <laughs> not like i like algebra but
0: yeah well it seems no no i get i get what you mean though it seems like you're attracted to and have had the ability to work with a lot of very creative for lack of a better word out of the box kind of thinking mm-hmm. artists that are willing to try you know to carve a new path and some new lanes and and do some different things that can be pretty audacious but obviously also you know why yeah it's so weird though in a way because like management you know there seems to be a couple different kind of styles you know you just kind of execute and sit back you know or there's folks like yourself that get really creative with it and try to kind of like get in there and and find ways to you know push things along both create creatively with the artist but also from a visibility perspective you know um, and I think those are like the best combinations, you know, when you can actually kind of be a part of that, you know, kind of seep into the creative process a little bit and, uh, accelerate that and accentuate it in a way that, you know, you can't always rely on your artist to do, but if you can be a, an amplifier of that, that seems like the yeah. best possible situation. Honestly,
1: I mean, just John, I mean, just, I don't know, it, you know, he, he just having some of the people that like worked there this they were like experts in all sorts of, i don't know it was mm-hmm. just a, it was great it was just such a good fit for me and then i ended you know i started doing um you know day-to-day for sonic youth and and uh i don't know i and uh mm. you know, it was just it was it was really fun too you know i was there for 13 i worked with ryan adams <laughs> back i did he he had he had uh yeah. parted ways like for a little bit for like sea change with uh, <laughs> with john but uh oh yeah, okay just i don't know came back around and so um started working i got that you know i was doing day-to-day for back who's just like i mean everybody really everybody was just i mean tenacious he was making a feature i mean just everything 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 was like yeah. possible <laughs> um and so, yeah, just having mm-hmm. a yeah, it's like John, who's you know probably the best, one of the best out there. I would, you know, for sure, um, to have that
0: mm-hmm.
1: person and kind of just be able to like really listen to these artists and like you know think about it in a three hundred and sixty way, and then have other people that were working there that had come from labels and just I don't know. It was a it was a it was it was a great. It was a great run, but, uh, sometimes it's time to go <laughs> kind of hit my, I mean, sure. I think, you know, when Kim, Thirst, Kim Thurston, Kim split up, break up and, and, uh, my ex-husband's mm, health yeah. is, was, is, uh, you know, unfortunately not, not great. And, uh, it was a tough, you know, tough, tough, uh, mm. tough time yeah. for me and, and a lot a lot going on and it was just sort of like maybe 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 you should think where you're at you have a daughter you're raising on your own you're you're traveling a Mm -hmm. lot you got a lot on your plate so i left Mm. in 2013 after a good 13 13 year run
0: wow yeah that's an eternity for the most part in the music industry mm-hmm. in one spot. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I had done so many kind of, yeah you know, the creative projects was really like, like really sparking my, uh, you know, just, it, it like, like fires me up so much. I mean, I worked with Beck on that project called song reader. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it was a, mm-hmm.
0: it was, yeah,
1: it, I, I worked on that with him for like seven seven years because he was like i'm not gonna put yeah he had had other things going on but it was like let's go back to that you know let's circle Mm -hmm. back to that because i i love the idea of like this found book of songs that you don't know what they sound like and just all of that and get you know and and it was just such a great concept and and just i don't know you know so we kept kind of you know do something and then kind of come back to that and kind of move that down the fields while you know doing doing other things i mean i mean back you know just an unbelievable amount of uh ideas and uh yeah we did we just did some we did the record club which was you know back with back with um other musicians would Mm -hmm. like pick a record and cover it in the day and people just come in the studio and we'd film it and Oh, yeah. I kind of remember
0: that. Now. Yeah, there was yeah. just so
1: like just lots of projects and just I think I think you know sometimes musicians just they're they're doing their tour, they're doing their thing and uh and f- to take a moment mm-hmm. and call in some other artists that maybe they wouldn't necessarily work with to do something fun that really isn't like a it's just a like let's just get in a room together there aren't that many times that you do that when you're working a record or something so i think that was kind of a like a good outlet and then i think the song reader thing was kind of similar like we we did some really really cool shows um that you know people got to come in and perform his songs and and do some really crazy crazy shows that you know feeds you i think i think fed us all in in some profound ways so but, you know I just did a lot of things like that and then yeah. I keep working with Kim, getting to do some fashion you know fat tip dipping the toe in the fashion and making and I, I, I thought I, I just found like I'm really into this stuff. I think I'm pretty good at it and coming from like the, the film and TV and 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 you know working for a production company mm-hmm. and and knowing a lot of those people from just growing up in LA um, I uh, yeah. I left John started like, tenacious d and i started uh, they 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 wanted to start festival supreme which means you know like music and comedy festival mm-hmm. so uh i was i was working you know they they uh, jumped on my my crazy ride with me which honestly <laughs> saved my saved my life i, I don't know it it was a uh,
0: yeah yeah it gave you something to focus on for yeah, a it, moment yeah it gave me something that.
1: to focus on yeah. i mean they they, um, I mean, they really like, you know, saw, I don't know. They just jumped, you know, jumped, jumped and came with, with me and saved my life, really. And uh, God, we got to do, you know, the, the festivals. And then I uh, I talked to Tom Windish because I was kind of like in that space that I kept seeing how much, you know, how hard it is to break an artist um, and, and in an agency Mm-hmm. I felt like all those agents. I mean, all the, all those like certain. I mean, all, all it's none. It's never easy. But I kind of felt like the, the, a lot of the Windish agents at the time were doing really, you know, having great signings and great success. And then sometimes they're getting p- picked off yeah. by bigger agents because they had other opportunities to, potentially to present to them. So I was like t- talking to Tom about mm-hmm. maybe I could come in there and just help you be a creative, you know, the, the like music creative liaison and listen to people and kind of help managers figure some things out. And, um, so I did that and, and, and it was really, it was really, I mean, it was really amazing too, just to come from bands that were very of a certain time, I guess, with John. I mean, not, not so much, maybe Jimmy world too. I mean, every, you know, everybody was a. Kind of came up around the same time, and then to go someplace where there weren't maybe maybe not rules, but just a different ethos. Maybe with some of the the people at Wendish. Hmm. like yeah. they're young, maybe younger, and just like, oh yeah, we don't mind if a brand pays for that. It wasn't really like I, I, I don't know. I mean,
0: right? Or, or,
1: or, I don't know. It's just like yeah,
0: just yeah, different, different perceptions and just meeting yeah. all.
1: All those artists, and just talking to their managers and just meeting, you know, I don't know the the the, wind just, the those windish agents um, you know that are all now, uh, you know kind of all over the place, but there was all over the place, but yeah all over the place they were they were great. Yeah. So I got to have like the the like management um, you know, flag started there, and uh, was Windish creative. and then they they merged with paradigm. And again, I kind of felt like I was back at a big company yeah. and maybe it's not my strong suit. So left.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's interesting that when you look at, um, not to, to get too far afield here, but when you look at those agencies, I remember when Tom was a billions and he started his own agency, obviously, cause he probably felt the same mm-hmm. way, had an itch, you know, and was doing something different than what botch was doing. And, stepped out, but then I, you know, I remember somebody like Trey Manny who had his own agency mm-hmm. and went to billions, you know, with Death Cab because he felt like he probably, I'm assuming he probably needed yeah. some guidance there when you get to like an arena level. And then, you know, over the last, obviously pre-pandemic, but the last two or three years, like all those great small uh, boutique agencies got gobbled up, um, you know, and I'm kind of wondering coming out of, the, and it feels like it coming out of the pandemic that maybe, A lot of folks are going to, you know, plant Mm -hmm. their own flag again and start that. But it just feels like from a management perspective, I don't know. Yeah, this being a little more agile with some of these boutique agencies coming back into play, I think is going to be really healthy for the industry as a whole. Because it's almost like the publishing and record label industry where everything got consolidated and, you know, kind of lost its way a little bit. Uh, or lost his point of focus and now, you know, due to the pandemic, it's the live industry is obviously agency wise is being redistributed mm-hmm. in a different kind of way. But yeah, that sounds like that's a great, that was probably would have been, so you were able to do like management mm-hmm. and do all this stuff at windish at the same time and, and have a little bit of a playground that's yeah. more project based. So
1: like, yeah. I mean, I was like, um, I, I, loved, like yeah, I love, loved love, I love, and I still work with Mike Michael Cronin and uh, I love him. I love him as a song. I just think he's just, i don't care what he does I, don't, I i'm just gonna sit and wait you know like he's i, I just love his i love his music so I was, yeah you know yeah Work working with michael and 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 the d but yeah it was i don't know when it, yeah again like i'm so grateful that yeah i gotta work with ryan craven and avery and and uh ryan farlow and i don't just all all of the you know mike Mori daniel tracy i don't know there's just so many great Great humans, that, and it and uh, it was fun because they would just call me. Mm-hmm. You know, they would call me and or you know, Evan. I don't know. Have, we have. I could go on with like just funny stories and things that we did. You know, that was just so <laughs> so, so awesome. My checklist of every day. You know, I, and I had this. Uh, I have Juanita, who works with me still. She was kind of my windish creative like side, sidekick. She can can finish my sentences most of the time
0: because
1: mm. I I know <laughs> sometimes. I speak, Michelle, I, I you know, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, who's worked, worked with me at Silva and has kind of followed my, sure. followed along with me. Um, he's, I think he speaks, Michelle. Too. he's, he's kind of been with me the whole time and, and Juanita now, you know, she, she came in obviously during windish times and, and, uh, we, you know, she, we all work together alike with a couple other rad humans.
0: Yeah, it's great to have great people like that that um you know counterbalance and and kind of complement um what you're working on and and just yeah. make things more efficient. And yeah. Fun. So yeah. That's yeah no, and it, I think you
1: know it's like it definitely like le- leaving a place like um Silva, you know, artist Ma- Sam, um just like whoa, mm-hmm. can I do this on my own? And, and can I have the you know just those like trigger you know just like i don't know i had the last time i had my own company with that religion it, it was i mean thankfully new york i mean it was expensive but it wasn't like it became it was i, I had an office and i pulled it off but it was mm-hmm. definitely like i am too young to be this stressed out you know like you know you're just kind of waiting for the yeah. chat you know i'm like got people i got to you know it was just you know i was pretty pretty young and, and so i was a little hesitant about just jumping in and then being responsible to, to people. Um, so yeah, I, I took, I, I worked with, I worked with Ben Dickey for a while where I met Justin Little. Little. Yeah. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and kind of was like, I just, I just want some like services and, and, um and, and yeah and at right. that time like kim gordon who remains a very good good friend um hooked me up with karen oh uh who i just represent um as a as a hmm. solo artist and uh i think you know we um i don't know we're on a we're on a similar create we just have a lot of uh feelings about the way creative lives can be led, I guess. So uh, we've had some real fun. I mean, I Mm. did this incredible um, immersive experience. I've fundraised for art. Um, It was, you know, happened on, on, uh, on the release of the uh, Lex Prima album that she did with uh, danger mouse. And it was, it was a, it -hmm. was like a unbelievable feat along with, being on Colbert with Spike wow. Jones doing a one-shot, ta- I mean, just we're like, yes, give me your, give wow. me your create, c- creative ideas, and let's do it. You know, we just came back from, um, con. She scored her first film, all the way through. You know, she's been a part of, part of it, but yeah. it was, it, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's just a, a badass, lady, and I feel lucky to be on that ride, and and. I don't know. I have things are things are. I feel really good. I, I, I ended up, um, you know, as you as you know, botch. Like we were constant was sharing the office with, with uh, billions that kind of imploded, and it kind of felt like what 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 happens now. And and uh, we all kind of went our own a little bit went our own ways. And um, yeah, I was mm. like, all right, you know what? I can do this. I gotta believe in myself, and and uh, as soon as you kind of say it,
0: yeah,
1: it works out. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how. Like some days you're like, hmm, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you're like, hmm, okay, I can, t- I can do this. You know, it takes a little faith.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it does. Yeah, you got to swing pretty pretty big, but at the same time, you just have to surround. Which it sounds like to me, hearing your story, you know, you surround yourself with really great. Human beings that do great creative work, that want to be nurturing and open, and mm-hmm. you kind of gravitate towards that. I remember, I had early in my career, I, I uh, in the summer of '94, I went out to LA and interned, and I don't know if I've told this <laughs> on the podcast, but anyway, I was uh, working, interning at Giant Records, and uh, this guy walked by and he was wearing a Social Distortion t-shirt, and I was like, "Oh, cool band." And a friend of mine, you know, kind of overheard us. And she's like, you don't know who his dad is. He's like, yeah, Social Distortion opened for my dad. I'm like, oh, okay. And it oh. was uh, Zeke Young, yeah. Neil Young's oldest son. And I'm a huge Neil Young fan. So I was like kind of dumbstruck by the whole thing. But uh, I went back a year later after being, spending the summer out there and stayed with, with Zeke and his his mom, Carrie. And I remember at one point saying something very similar to the sentiment you had as being you know, lucky being around really creative people and um, I still remember it vividly she was like I was like you know I just feel really fortunate and she's like well you're a good person so you bump into really good people and they want to take care of you and I was like wow I'd never really thought I mean I was 22 I guess you know I was young I didn't have much life experience, but I'd never really thought about that, you know, from that perspective. Um, And it's something that's kind of resonated with me through my career, at least, too. It's like I just try to surround myself as much as possible with really good people doing really good work. And if you just bump off of that energy, eventually, you know, opportunities open up. You know, you can't it, it not careers, especially in artist management, never seem yeah. to be all that linear, you know, and you mentioned Elliot mm. Roberts earlier. It's like I, I always look at him and John Landau and I'm like, wow, how do people do that? It's like we're not really built to work with artists for 40, 50 years. You know, I worked with an artist for 17 years and that felt like an eternity. Yeah. It's just it's rare, you know, but I. Um, there's something to be said for for that in a sense of uh, through that process you meet a lot of really great people that you know you vibe off of and find creative outlets. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Tenacious D saw something in that when yeah, you stepped I mean, away, you 20- know, like you were saying, yeah. and Karen felt the same way, and it's know, like, how, how can you beat that? You know, having that opportunity. Sure. I
1: mean, 20, 20 um, years of Tenacious D. I mean, we uh, it's the twentieth anniversary in September of the first first record, which is oh, wild. Oh, wow, I guess so. Um, yeah. But i worked wow. with them for 20 years, and I mean, I don't know what we ha- – like, I'm kind of like, well, well, what haven't we done? <laughs> We've clicked a lot of boxes, you know? We've done <laughs> – True. The the, the the acoustic show to the band to the film to four years of a festival that really made money every year that I didn't know. I was like, damn, like, this doesn't seem great. And they're like yeah. – And everyone was like, you didn't lose any money. Like, that's pretty – that's a win. <laughs> that's a W, you know? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. So – I don't know. I don't we get. We did, a, we did a bug. We, we well, checking a lot of <laughs> checking a lot yeah. of box. But I mean th- those guys like I mean, see I, I, I wish we podcasted the pandemic because we worked the entire time and every Wednesday we got on we with Jesse, the four of us got on a Zoom and zoomed every Wednesday mm-hmm. and I uh, brought oh, in wow. you know special guests and <laughs> special guests like Don Miller, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> Uh, rebel steiner you know their agent whatever their their attorney they you know just had, <laughs> it's really fun and it would <laughs> just i wish we recorded some of it because it was you know just the 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 fun cool. the fear the i don't know it was a really it was kind of fun and we just they worked the whole kind of worked the whole time which was in you know and i i, I kind of i i think i needed it you know i think i needed to take that mm-hmm. take that bead and reassess and, and and think and uh i got really lucky because the, we we tenaciously uh just got back on the february 27th from europe 2020 on like a big they're big mm. like a big re- arena tour over there so wow I was like oh, okay like yeah I can take a i can I can pay everyone I can keep everybody and, and then just sort of let the year, you know, be mm-hmm. with my 16-year-old my who got her driver's license. So it's a little like, oh, you want to watch Quentin Tarantino films? Wow. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so that was that was kind of a, a, yeah. a little blessing oh, for me. Otherwise, who knows? Who knows where she would be? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. I mean, it's a, it's an odd time to, uh, to probably be a teenager through the pandemic. It'll, I'm sure it'll have lasting effects, but yeah, there's a, I've, there's been a lot of people I've talked to that have had similar experiences where, well, Tom Osborne mentioned that too, like spending time with his family and listening to music at home and watching movies. It's, um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, where would you find that in the hustle and bustle of what oh God, we're used to doing typically? Yeah. My daughter's been on tour with
1: me. I mean, she's just, it's, it's just been a juggle, you know. I can't even like. I look back and think, how did we? How did I do that? You know, I was pretty much a single parent, and and uh, just <laughs> juggle, 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 and yeah. raised raised by a lot of aunties, and you know, um, family. You know, fam, families here, but my mom's my mom's a crazy like me, kind of a crazy workaholic. Same
0: with my brother. So I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it might be different and unique, but there's certainly nothing bad about no that way. She was, I'm sure, as a kid. Yeah, you she, know, was, there's a lot she of went to so many
1: shows. I was like, and she loves music, and, and she's got all of her dad's albums here um, that she just has been listening to. And she's just, you know, will be like, yeah, love, she loves oh, Guided cool. by Voices. Great. <laughs> if you're going to listen to Guided. Yeah, yeah. She's started oh, awesome. a fanzine. Yeah. Um, Man, my like she interviewed her first interview for wow. her fancy was Kim Gordon was generous <laughs> enough to give her her time. Yeah. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> Christian Stavros, awesome. whose old friend. Uh, well, I mean, she interviewed Angel Olsen, who she's a huge fan of, and she just writes about music. Oh, every
0: yeah. has a
1: blog and writes about music and listens to you know everything. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's I think awesome. a lot of it's like. Great digging yeah, her dad's stuff. That's fantastic.
0: It's been interesting. Like, yeah. I yeah, well, it feels like it's it's funny in a way. I mean, it, it's hard for me. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to think about all, a lot of those artists you mentioned in like the 90s and early 2000s as being like right. classic rock. I mean, we don't qualify as classic rock, but it's like when I was a teen, you know, or I am imagining we're of similar age. You know, when I look back at like, When I started listening to music in the 80s, it's like that music was 20 years. I mean, you go back into the mid 60s or late 60s, early 70s, going back 20 years. And it's like, that's really bizarre in a way that we've kind of crossed that chasm now. And so it's not, I guess it's not, you know, too surprising that that's coming back around with a little bit more, um, of interest with, with the younger audience just because it's yeah. 20, 25 years. It's hard to believe, but it's, it's been, Yeah, that I mean, long she's now. got so much <laughs> homework and, and uh, it's kind of con-
1: a lot of homework. Yeah. But she's into it.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and you can, you can mm-hmm, uh, access true. anything now, you know, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. I remember Bono saying that once early in the streaming era, it's like, you're not c- just competing with what's on the radio and out now. And in a record store, you're competing with the listening habits of, you know, somebody that has access to every song almost yeah. ever created. And it's like, that's a really interesting kind of perspective because it's, there's so much, you know, that you can digest now, uh, in a way that was different, you know, know 15, I know. 20 years ago. Yeah. Seeking, yeah. But, uh, or down, I mean, i listened to, downloads. you know, I think a,
1: lo- a big reason I really wanted to do the podcast was I listened to so many of my old friends. I mean, <laughs> We, I don't know how we do, like. Mm. I was like, "How do I not know you?" Like it, you know. From I mean, Tom Osborne. I've been talking to a lot lately <laughs> about one of her acts, and and I think maybe maybe talked to Ben Weber, oh, but cool. Strom and and Jordan Curl. I mean, just like every. It was like a trip down like memory memory lane with, with so many people, um, just like oh, yeah. It was
0: great.
1: like okay. I'm not. I'm like we're. I mean, you know, we're we're in the we're of a certain era. <laughs> I guess. So it's like, you know, even even when, yeah. uh, I don't know, somebody was talking about zero hour record, or just certain record labels that probably got are gone or, or, you know, catalogs bought out or whatever. And you're like, Oh, I remember that. You know, I remember, I remember that. Right. I remember all of the, you know, dedicated, like um, I think was, yeah, Ben Weber worked there. And I remember going sure. to dedicated offices, and just being like, this is the coolest like place, I you know, and uh, being yeah. friends. Yeah. All, all, all sorts of, it's just, just, brought up so many good memories of being like young and, and meeting just every, you know, just having that kind of, I don't know, some, you know, your brain kind of, you're like, Oh my God, I kind of know a lot of human beings <laughs> at this point, you know, like you get on the phone with someone <laughs> and you're like, Oh, well we were definitely standing at Mercury lounge and then headed over to Brownies at some point, you know, if you were in New York, at a certain time. In right,
0: mind, you right. Know. No, totally. And, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of us, I when I moved to Minneapolis, I was lucky enough to meet a friend that kind of connected me with a lot of people here, which I really appreciated. Oh. Uh, he lives in New Zealand now and left a few years back, but... I really kind of hang, ha, held on to that and uh, a few years ago I started it and we still do an artist management meetup like once oh. a month, you know, just to kind of get everybody that's here together and it's been so encouraging and uh, part of the idea of doing this came out of that starting the podcast. It's just like there's so many great stories and great people that know each other and know a lot of, have a lot of commonalities but don't necessarily connect and I think sharing these stories and, uh, and whatnot because I also have taught uh a bit in the past too it's it's like people need to you can learn so much from that you know and and uh it's just been kind of life-affirming and exciting for me to to just connect with people that I you know Joel Mark's a good example I hadn't talked to Joel in years and I forget we connected we connected on on Instagram or something over something and I finally just reached out and called him and I was like let's let's chat let's catch up and do this you know Uh and it's just so great. I mean, I, I didn't, I had no idea so, that, you know, he worked with, that um, it wind up with Creed. I, had, oh, yeah. I didn't have that history. It, like, that wasn't our history. As we knew each other, you know, so it was just like, did you, it's,
1: was it's he great like to a share a story. Was he in Chicago? Was Joel, oh, like, ahead. did you know him in Chicago days? Lovely, lovely?
0: No? No, no, I didn't. I met him when okay. he was at MCA. Post wind um, up. I managed a band called, yeah, post Windup. yeah. Um, I managed a band called Venus Home that was signed to MCA by um, mm-hmm. Brian Long. And when Brian left, we inherited, Joel inherited us. So, um, yeah. And then we just kind of stayed in touch a little bit over the years, but it had been a long time. It's funny, both Brian, who manages Hoge- Jose Gonzalez now, and Joel, I was like, when they both left, like record labels, I was like, you should go manage. Mm-hmm. You guys would be great yeah. at that you know, and they did and they found their kind of path with that. Oh my God, Joel, it um, was, but, the, I uh, mean,
1: he yeah. saved me a little bit. Cause my, yeah, he, 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 when I was at RCA, mm. because I, cause I was like, he, he, he was at uh, lovely, I, I think lovely booking in Chicago and, and Mike Fry who actually, uh, yeah, he lives in New Zealand oh, yeah. now, I believe, but, uh, Mike worked for him. Yeah. Mike oh, worked wow. for Joel and, uh, Joel, I, was, I called him. I don't. Maybe if, I mean my ex front. My ex husband was like a Chicago guy. It's just also tied together. I mean, it's, it, the stories are the stories are seriously yeah. endless. But he, I called Joel because I was like, dude, I need help booking some of these bands because like R C would you know sign. Um, like they signed robin but it was like the, they signed the label and so then there were the, the art these artists would show up and be like well you know we need shows or something to do so joel like helped me like side hatch helped rca at that time like wow. i was like maybe i yeah, can I give you like break you off some money if you can book some shows for some i mean we were such good friends and, and then he booked jimmy Eat world who i ended up you know work working with late it's just yeah was oh, so right. like their first yeah. booking agent. And then, like, my my friends in, when I went to school in San Diego were like the Rocket from the Crip guys. And then, Paul from Rocket from the Crip's cousin is Franz, who's my ex husband. Well, you know, so just they're all, everything's, you know, it's so one step away. And I guess that's the, my takeaway and what I keep saying to my daughter is like, be nice to, for freaking everybody because they all come back. It all comes back. I don't know how and yeah. when or when or how. No, it, it
0: totally does. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good lesson to learn um, early on for sure, and it mm-hmm. makes it a lot more fun. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat through all this. Um, if uh, I know we've been going for a while here, but uh, do you mind doing our oh, little fine. lightning round questions? Because that's always so ins- it's insightful. Um, so yeah, um, let me just pull them up here because it's been a moment. Um, what was the first record? that you either purchased or came to connect with that was really meaningful to you?
1: First record. I mean, it probably was, I just, I had a lot of seven inches because I just bought them. But I, but the thing that I felt like was the most weirdly meaningful thing and uh, was when the CD happened and I went to tower records and I walked in and my dad said, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have here's $20 or whatever. And I bought, Prince, and I just that was ever. I mean, that like I oh, bought, wow. I think it was, I think which was, record, maybe it was, I think it was, I it was, it had to be controversy, or no, maybe it was Dirty Mine, but it wow. was. I just walked in there and I was like, this is what I am buying with my money, and it, and and I, I definitely had like Clash <laughs> singles, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, like Seven Inches, and I had definitely was loved Madonna. <laughs> I have had like, which is so crazy because I know <laughs> I have the first like 12 inch somewhere in in, in this, in this house. But uh, oh, wow. But I just remember buying that CD like, so it was, that was, I don't know, that, that was like a moment. I don't, I don't know why that over like seven inches, but cause I just I made records weirdly back then was like more accessible. My, my, my parents had some, so I just like, I just bought them, but. That was when it was like the, my first CD purchase was strangely like my most standout moment.
0: No, that's that's a great one for sure. Um, what was the first concert you went to?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I know these lightning rounds. My, 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 my first concert my mom took me to was in Las Vegas and I saw the Osmond family play in Las Vegas. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> is, I definitely
1: cool. was in the like osmond jackson five you know like had those two posters up like so that was just that was definitely my my first memory of like being in a room with performers playing and i was really young but my my first show that i chose to go to was generation x at the roxy i walked there i was conveniently located right between i could walk up to sunset and walk to the roxy and then i could walk down to um the troubadour and i did go into the troubadour with these like girls (laughs) these girls once but it was definitely so hair metal and i went in there and was like i'm going home this isn't i I don't think i'm gonna i don't think this is my vibe so i i I, generation i mean i love you know I, i love i love i love generation x that was and I was walking distance and I got in trouble a couple of times for sneaking out, but, um,
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, what was the last show that you saw? And this might be, we're kind of almost post pandemic now. So it might've been more recent, I suppose, the, than most, but yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Pre pandemic. It was a one, two punch of, I went to and Impala with my daughter at the forum and then the next night, yeah. I went and saw Slow Hollows at the Echo. It was their last. It was their last oh, okay. show. Wow. And and Aaron, who plays bass, in, who played bass in Slow Hollows, now now works now works for me. <laughs> so, yeah, he was uh, oh, like, wow. I'm out of I'm out of I'm out of a job. That's he, crazy. He's, he's tour managing bands, and and uh, and I he's 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 working with me now. <laughs> i got him employed post oh, post slow hollows breakup but yeah the the Tim and Paula show was wow. wild because it was definitely like oh, i mean one i took one of my daughter's friends with us and uh the first friend that she wanted to take the mom was like nope, not she's not going she has asthma you know i was like oh mm. wow okay
0: oh yeah yeah right yeah i was like right right okay morning, okay yeah.
1: Okay. And, beginning. you know, her other friend came and I mean, it was a blast, but yeah, it was definitely, that, that was it. And then my daughter went.
0: Yeah. Have you been back yet? No, my so daughter I went,
1: I, I was, my daughter went and saw uh, the Paranoids play last night at the Echo. And um, the, the person who booked it was like, Hey, do you want to come see the Paranoids tonight? And I was like, I cannot interrupt my teen daughter on her date with her boyfriend they bought the tickets i can't show up and be like hi guys mom's in the back you know yeah. but uh she had a blast and, and i saw oh, i saw cherry Glazer like play on the street you know like they played in front of stories bookstore which was oh wow. that was like our first thing and it felt fun it was super celebratory even though it was on a flatbed outside of stories Books, yeah. but it was fun
0: that that's still yeah, that's still pretty great. Uh, I actually saw John Strom play earlier this uh-huh. week in Minneapolis, and I never I've known John for fifteen plus years, and I'd never seen him play before. But he was in town for Ed Ackeson's, uh birthday celebration that they did, and it was it was great. It was great to see him finally play, and very emotional, like going out and yeah. seeing the show with people again. Um, I felt like that was a good. I mean, I saw some music in passing, but it also reminded me of the fact that there's a difference between seeing live music that you just stumble into versus going and seeing something with intent, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I, I'd miss that. And in some respects it's almost like, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people have this experience. You go to music, you go to see live music all the time. You get a little desensitized, desensitized to it, you know, in some respects, but now having this long break, it's like, Oh my gosh! This is like I just this is the feeling I had when I was a teenager going for to see sure. music for the first time. No, it, there's something it's, to be said for that. For sure,
1: yeah. No, I um, think that like I was saying, you just like, why I'm not I'm not appreciating what I do enough, or like, but I'm at you know I'm just so busy, and I'm not, mm-hmm. and I, I think that was yeah a bit a big thing for for sure. I mean, it's kind of fun, and I think every all the artists that we work with are like, each time they rip the band-aid off of doing something, it's like. <sighs> Like you could just, because there was so much anxiety, you know, so much built yeah.
0: up. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, what's something you've heard recently that you really love? Not necessarily you work with, but just to kind of. Well, I mean, I listen to your all
1: mind. your podcasts and I got to say, you know, like Black Country, New Roads. Everybody said it. And I really I got it. had to jump on. I was like, yeah, and everyone. <laughs> but I really like that. I really like that record. But I'm like, I guess these are my people and this is what we all listen to. But. I also got to say, like I do, I, we just started right. working with this band, <laughs> Hermanos Gutierrez, and I we just started managing them, but it was like mm. a complete find. And I, not that I'm like trying to promote, you know, our our, our thing, but it was really like I just needed a, uh, like I needed to just put something on that just took me someplace else. And and this other another Aaron in the office was like he was mm-hmm. like looking for the Paris, Texas soundtrack, like desert landscapes, and it's not any, it's not up, so he just put in like western landscapes and he stumbled upon the hermanos on a on a playlist and sent it to me he was like oh wow, check this out and i was like man i just opened like i just poured a tequila and it's like just this just beautiful like (laughs) you know music and uh and it's a fine i mean we were like there's no way that there's not a manager like they are on seemingly on some playlist and whatever but mm-hmm. we just reached out and we're working with them so I mean I would say that's like a super new new oh, sign cool. and weird and they I mean they really are like I mean everything is like you're like wow how, you guys are like unbelievable because you figure it out so much at the same time it's like they're still like so new to it they don't understand how you know you're like explaining things mm-hmm. and you just it's like management 101 and but they've figured it out you would think that they had like a team you know like so it's pretty pretty right uh, you know it's uh i encourage uh listening to it at you know the end of your at the end of your work week pour a little tequila and just listen to yeah them. Oh, that no, sounds squirrels. wonderful
0: <laughs> i will look that up for sure uh well one last question what do you like to do outside of like work and music like what where do you go to disconnect
1: the workaholic The non-workaholic answer is, I guess, I think I, I I think the only thing I can really think of is like, I like boxing. I never did it until, until the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. I started boxing and now I have like, like my daughter and I box and, uh, I wish I could do it more. It's kind of like an expensive hobby, but, but, uh, I really, I really like it it's because you have there is no choice but to turn your brain off so i am not it it is a forced off because you have to think you know they're Mm. he's coming at you with the left you got to counter with the the block so it's like there's you you have to not i am it is like i think the whole house probably wishes i boxed more because i'm constantly on my phone looking things up testing you know i'm just a too too much so it's it's uh (laughs) It's like, wow, this one hour, you know, either punch back or be punched. So you got to be, you got to be, your brain's got to like be focused. And I think that's something I need to do more of. So I say that's my hobby that I want to do more.
0: Oh, Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Um, Man. Yeah. That's always a fun question and a fun answer to hear i mean it's yeah I, th- I think that's yeah almost everybody in the music industry gets to a certain mm-hmm. place as a workaholic right and it's hard sometimes you know to find that disconnect yeah uh, i think that's a pretty great one oh uh, my gosh well, thank you so much for sharing really nice like i
1: said i mean i listened to pretty much everybody i went to my first to only my i have to brag because i haven't my first trip out of the <laughs> out of the pandemic i went i went with my mother to rwanda and uh yeah and uh oh, i listened wow. that was i downloaded like everybody you know pretty much everybody on the tough love and like listened to it on the plane down down to rwanda and so i gotta spend time yeah. in my I was email i was like reaching out to tom osborne and <laughs> joel and everybody i was like i'm just so, listening to you down awesome. in rwanda you know <laughs> it was really it was cool, and um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, just brought up, Like I said, it brought up so many good, like good, good, good memories. And you have interviewed such great people. I was like, I need, I need, I need, to be on the like good people to interview list.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, your name came up quite a bit, you know, from a variety of different people, actually. So, and then I don't know if you remember, but you and I connected. Kind of through Kyle Fournette when we were talking yes. about forty six or forty six prior to the pandemic. We will. And all that. We still so, have work. Um, lots
1: of work to do there. So, well, the m- midterms yes, and yes, and uh, you know the, the the d the d the d will be the d may rise and and reach out again on, on that on that.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely. It'll it'll be uh, it'll be needed, no doubt. Yes. So well, thank you so much. I want to thank Michelle for taking the time to chat with us today and I also wanted to thank Justin little for the introduction as well. As always, if you're so inclined, please rate us or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at tough love pod. That's T O U G H L O V E P O D. And above all share this podcast with your friends and fellow music industry and artist communities. If you'd like to get in touch, drop me a line. I'm at Chris at toughlovepod.com. for now, be well, trip up, get back up and let's all learn as we go. Until next time.